Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. Hey there, C3 Grow. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us today, whatever day it is uh, as you watch this. Today we are beginning a brand new sermon series. It's called Blessed, and it is simply a study uh, on the Beatitudes of Jesus. I want to invite you now to open up your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Let's start by trying to get a bit of a feel Uh, for the context of the Beatitudes. We're going to start in Matthew 4. Uh, Here we see that the earthly ministry of Jesus is in its infancy. We immediately get a feel for what it's all about. He's been baptized. uh, He's passed the test in the wilderness. And now we read in verse 17 of Matthew 4, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He calls the first disciples, and then we read down in verse 23, and he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Now, keep your place uh, there in verse 23, but just compare it to Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35 We read, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Do you see how it mirrors uh, Matthew 4.23? It's virtually identical. And that's because this is what Jesus consistently did. He constantly did this. This was his ministry. He went throughout teaching proclaiming the gospel and the arrival of the kingdom, and then confirming his authority with miraculous signs and wonders. And then it says in verse 24 of Matthew 4, his fame spread. Now in Matthew 5, we come across the famous Sermon on the Mount. This sermon occupies almost the entirety of the next three chapters of Matthew's gospel. And the Beatitudes are recorded as being the very beginning of this sermon. So let's read from verse 1 of Matthew 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying. So you've got two categories of people with distinctly different needs. There are his disciples... They are those who have already committed to following him, and they have already put their faith and their trust in him, and their need was for instruction from him as to how they were to live their life if they were to live a life that is worthy of the kingdom of God. And then, also present, there are the crowds. They were probably there out of curiosity. They had heard about Jesus as his fame had spread, And they were interested to see what he was all about. Perhaps they had a need which they were hopeful that he could meet. Whatever the case may be, whatever reason uh, they had for being there, their need was primarily for evangelism. Now, if we fast forward to the very end of the sermon, we read in Matthew 7 verse 28, 
when Jesus finished these sayings, that's the whole Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So there was something astonishing and authoritative about Jesus's preaching on this occasion. And even though uh, the preaching was primarily aimed at believers, there was evidently something about it that captured the attention and awakened faith in the crowds. So too, at C3 Grow, we always aim for our preaching and ministry in Sunday services to achieve the same. Primarily, the word is to be preached in such a way that God's people are strengthened and worship is inspired. But we also pray every Sunday that there would be some among us who are curious, that there would always be some among us who are seeking, that there would be some among us who are not yet happy to call themselves disciples, but they have come to be among the crowd. They are interested to see and to hear what Jesus is all about. And these respective needs, uh, the need for disciples to receive instruction and the need for the crowd to hear the gospel, they are not mutually exclusive. The Holy Spirit, amazingly, can use preaching to meet both of those needs simultaneously. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so let's read through the Beatitudes now. We'll read through in entirety, but then over the coming weeks, we're going to aim to make our way through all of these, taking them one at a time. Look with me to Matthew 5 verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, these are the promises of the kingdom of God. If Christ is your king, then these are your promises. And if he is not your king, then these are not your promises. But they could be. I want to introduce or remind you about a big idea concerning the kingdom of God. That is, that the kingdom is now, but it is also not yet. There is a sense in which the kingdom of heaven is now and it is present among us. And then there is also the sense that the full experience of the blessings of the kingdom of heaven are yet to come. Because the kingdom of heaven has come to earth, ushered in by God incarnate, Jesus Christ, because of this we can enjoy foretastes of the kingdom here and now. But the full experience of life in the kingdom will have to wait for the age that is to come. The kingdom is now, 
but it is also not yet. Now let's just tease that idea out uh, a little using Beatitude examples. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's a measure of comfort from God that we can experience amid times of mourning now because the kingdom of God is here uh, and because Jesus promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And some of you have experienced the comfort of God uh, in that way in those times, and it is no small thing. But as profoundly comforting as a measure of comfort from God may be in times of grief and mourning, there is an even greater and even fuller experience that we can look forward to when the kingdom comes in fullness. Revelation 21 verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. So we praise God that the kingdom is now, so he can be the God of all comfort to us now, but this is not yet all there is to it. There is something greater to be realized in the age to come. The kingdom is now, but it's also not yet. Now let's look at another beatitude example. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. It is presently true for those who are of the kingdom of God, for those who through Jesus Christ have been adopted into the family of God and have received the Spirit of God as a seal of their adoption, it is true that you are already a child of God. We see this in Romans 8.14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So you are a child of God now, but there's also a sense in which you have not experienced the full benefits, rights, and privileges of being a child of God yet. You've had a foretaste of it, but there's something greater to be realized in the age to come. The kingdom is now, but it's also not yet. And this is good news. It's good news for the disciples who have committed to follow him and have already put their faith and their trust in him because it means that this isn't as good as it gets. And we have a sure hope that things will get decisively better for us. But it's not just good news for the disciples. It's also good news for the crowds. It's good news for the seekers because it means that there is still an open door. He still may be found. The invitation is still to whomsoever will come. Okay, we're going to look at our first beatitude promise. We're going to read verses 2 through to 4. He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus said in Mark 2.17, those who are well 
have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now this gets right in the face of how we like to think of ourselves. It confronts us because we generally like to think of ourselves as being relatively healthy, relatively strong, and we like others to think of us in that way too. In this world, self-reliance and self-sufficiency are esteemed as virtues. Brokenness and neediness is considered to be a disease. And so this is amazing because when Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is an example of Jesus preaching foolishness, which shames the wise. This is an example of Christ as a stumbling block and as an offense uh, to the world and its wisdom. Jesus takes the disease that we despise the most, and instead of healing it, he instead makes it the doorway to heaven. And when Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, and I came not to call the righteous but sinners, what he is saying is that the only people who will come to get what Jesus has to give are humble people who know that they are spiritually and morally crippled and they are in desperate need of help. Now, we live in a self-esteem world. But high self-esteem can be just as dangerous and just as much of a snare as low self-esteem. God has an answer for your low self-esteem, but it's not what you might think or what you might hope for it to be. Rather, uh, it is it is not high self-esteem. It is the dependency of faith in the complete sufficiency of Jesus Christ. So we're back at verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What is it to be poor in spirit in this way? It is the sense of complete and utter powerlessness in and of ourselves. It is the sense of spiritual bankruptcy, moral uncleanness, and personal unworthiness before God. It is the sense that if there is to be any eternal redemptive work begun and completed in us, it will have to be all on account of God and his grace, such as the depth of our need. Now, I want to emphasize the word sense in all of that, because whether one senses it to be true or not, everyone is truly poor in spirit. Everybody, whether they sense it to be true or not, is totally powerless without God and is spiritually bankrupt, morally unclean, and personally unworthy before God, and is truly, completely, and totally dependent on Christ's mercy for eternal redemption. We can masquerade uh, as being the strong. We can pretend to be the wise. We can uh, pretend to be the rich, the confident, the clean, the worthy, uh, the self-sufficient. We can even deceive ourselves with comparisons and delusions. But all of us, without Jesus, are spiritually poor. But not everybody senses it and so mourns and so 
puts their faith and their trust in Christ for mercy and help, and so is blessed by the one who came to call sick sinners to himself. But blessed are you if you sense it, as painful as it may be to contend with, because you may walk through life with a limp, but you will leap for joy in eternity. And that's the blessing. Rejoice. So that's our first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit who mourn. Blessed are those who have a sense of their own inadequacies and their own shortcomings and their helplessness and their unworthiness. And they don't try to hide uh, these things behind a mask of self-sufficiency, but rather they're honest and uh, they, they are grieved and so they are driven to the grace of God. Blessed are you because you are going to be comforted and because yours is the kingdom of heaven. We're looking forward to being back next week uh, on January the 8th in Howick and Ormiston uh, with services uh, and everything else running. And uh, if you're watching this on January the 8th in Suva, we're looking forward to seeing you really soon as well. God bless you. Have a great day today and uh, enjoy your summer break. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3road.org.